most of the porn on those tube sites is made for men and the woman is lucky if she even gets a minute of you know attention and foreplay and I know I wish that it was just like there was a disclaimer even like you know FYI women need 15 times this level of attention (laughs) Beats Girl Talk with Trish and Shona so pornography is everywhere and according to a recent survey conducted by Beat, one in five people in the southeast watch pornography every day. But do they really understand pornography? What really happens on a porn set? Pornography and You is the latest thought-provoking documentary from multi-award nominated documentary maker Michelle Heffernan. In it, she tries to understand the reality of pornography. She speaks to international gay porn star Theo Ford as well as Irish porn icon Carla Fogarda about what really happens when making a pornography movie. Sex educator Caroline West explains what porn really is and why porn literacy is important. And Michelle chats to real women from the southeast about how they engage with porn. So young or old, single or married, parent or teenager, this is a documentary that you need to listen to. Pornography is here to stay. We need to know how to understand it so we can all look after our sexual health. And on that note, <laughs> the lady in the know, we have so many <laughs> questions for you. Michelle Heffernan, welcome to Girl Talk. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> I know that was quite the introduction, but obviously when you're talking about a subject such as this, we need to give it a little bit of context. Like we can't just, you know, straight in, no messing. <laughs> Let's talk about porn. So what did you do last Friday night? Um, yeah, it's, it's like I was one of those people that listened to it live when it aired last Thursday. Mm. And, it, you know, it was, I suppose it, it was really, really engaging, really, really insightful. And... Like I, I guess it, it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, it's a conversation that we don't have. And yet why? You know, is, yeah, like was that your initial drive to make it? Um, there was a couple of reasons, I suppose, why I felt like this needed to be spoken about. Um, I think a lot of people are aware that I opened up my mouth and said that I had an STI before. I'm pretty passionate about sexual health and... I've written about the subject of sex and relationships before as well. And when I spoke to experts in the area, sometimes this issue came up and I had one therapist say to me, pornography is the biggest barrier to intimacy out there. Um, And I kind of felt, okay, I think that this is something that needs to be discussed. And I... I suppose. What did that mean to you, though? That 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 exact uh, that actually comment. rang that actually rang some bells with me in a personal way. Um, and I, I don't want to, I suppose, detail too much about my own relationship history, but it was something that had come up within a relationship for me before. Okay. Um, and I was always very like encouraging of openness and honesty in the relationship, and I said I have no problem with you watching pornography, but. If you start to prefer that Mm. to the intimacy between us, then we have a problem. Um, And I do think that it was one of those things that contributed to maybe a reduction in the level of intimacy or in communication in the relationship. And I felt, I suppose that if this can happen to me, this is happening to other people. And and in that case, it wasn't as if this was something that your partner was hiding. Like it was it was an Um, openness. It was something I had not, when he first admitted it, um, I had no idea. Um, As in, um, there was a point in our relationship when we, you know, kind of first broke up. And it was then that he sort of came to me and admitted, 
you know, I'm not sure if I'm in this and I've been having kind of like, I suppose, thoughts about wanting other partners or wanting to okay. explore other avenues. And it was then that he admitted, um, I actually feel like I might have a bit of a problem. And, and I had no idea. And wow. I mean, we didn't live together, so I wasn't around him all the mm-hmm. time. I could, but I also, I still also almost saw him every day. So um, it's amazing how much, I suppose, you might not know about your partner. You might not be aware of what they can do outside of time with you. And I just feel that I'm not sure that this would have been an issue in a relationship 10 years ago when there were no smartphones. I think that um, considering it was constantly available to him, that it was probably quite easy to maybe just fall into the trap of... I felt really hurt at the time. Mm. But the, but the, the thing that I felt right there when you said that was it's a form of cheating that's to me I don't see it as like I don't see a person masturbating is not cheating no but if he prefers and if he's yeah, thinking so if he's, and keeping this from you I think that I think that there was some, no I'm going to disagree a little bit I but, think there was something in him that you know um, was starting to wonder if he maybe wanted to be single and you know he it took a lot of honesty I suppose and it was a testament to the level of honesty in our relationship mm. that he was able to say um you know, I've kind of been having these urges and mm-hmm. I'm finding it hard to deal with and this isn't really fair on you and this might be something I need to explore. Um, and I obviously felt so hurt, you yeah. know, like I was like, I'm I'm not satisfying you, I'm not good enough, you know. And a couple of months later after the breakup and, you know, he realised being single wasn't all it cracked up <laughs> to be, he asked me back, you know. Um, but for the remainder of the time we were together, um, I would always kind of be like, so, you know, how is it going with the porn? But maybe it's not, sorry, maybe cheating is the wrong term, but you must have felt cheated. I did. I felt chosen. You know, it's like we're like almost like we're a long time now, not together. But I think back then when things finished um, and he admitted that it'd become an issue again and that, you know, he was using it every day. I did feel, I felt cheated in the sense that, okay, well, you're finding satisfaction somewhere and I'm not getting it and Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's kind of missing intimacy between us and you know like I suppose anytime I brought it up he might kind of say is it not normal for intimacy to kind of reduce as the relationship goes on because you know you have that honeymoon period and um, and I'm like yeah fair enough but I'm I'm not turning to another avenue for that Um, and after that okay so you broke up and after that was there anything else? Because in my mind, I'm I watch porn. I've no issue mm-hmm. with watching yeah. it, and I've told my partner I watch porn. He's told me he watches mm-hmm. porn. Now I do think we have a healthy sex life and we have a healthy relationship mm. at the same time. But I I kind of feel like if it's if it's getting to the point where you're that addicted, maybe there is something else. Oh because yeah, because yeah. it just so, you know I don't think I've ever sat there and just repeatedly watched it over and over again. No, but no. I do watch it every now and again, and I don't think you know I don't think I have an unhealthy relationship with mm, it. No, I don't think I don't think he was addicted to pornography. I don't think that that was the reason that we broke up. Mm. I think that it was one of those things that acted on a vulnerability or a crack. Right, and I think that that is why it can present risks in a relationship. And that will be my experience in this documentary. I spoke to two really brave young men who talked about the difficulties that they had with pornography. And they really helped me to understand it better too. Both of those guys were very good partners and good guys. Mm -hmm. um, But they had... 
I suppose, a vulnerability um, and a predisposition maybe to... Um, like they had very low self-esteem, you mm. know, and it was quite, I suppose, the guy who felt that he it became an addiction for him. Um, he would present in the same personality or problems that you would see in any other person who becomes an addict. It wasn't that he was lewd or that he was deviant or no. that he was trying to do wrong by his no, no. partner. Um, but something had happened where this had become a self-soothing exercise yeah. for him. And nobody means to become addicted to alcohol yeah. or drugs yeah. or masturbation, but it had created a kind of a an unhealthy coping mechanism for him. He yeah. was so honest. My question was, mm. how physically was it possible for him? I don't like, know. I, I, I don't so know. So many hours in the day. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and how, like even, you know, he was talking about like, you know, he'd, he'd be meaning to leave for work and he'd get caught and you just think that it is an addiction. It's taken yeah. over your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's hard maybe for us as women to match <laughs> six hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot. I don't think he was actually spending six, like you would really like you, you'd have nothing left. Like you that, know. that was but the no, bit I that got me. I don't know, ladies, because he said he he would stop just before he, he would. climaxes. Yes, I know. So there's a there's a way to keep it I, continuously going for a long time. I know, but even at that, to be like active <laughs> yeah, in that way yeah. for six hours and still be able to, he I don't know. He would have yeah. told me it's like you know, there was so much to that interview that I didn't yeah. get to use. But he would have told me that um, at one point he started to use cam girls. Oh. And so I think that that maybe might have contributed to extra time too. And oh it was actually, it was really like, God, my heart went out to him in a way that he talked about how in the age of social media, like he didn't feel like an attractive guy. He didn't oh feel no. like a guy that you'd see online. And the thing about pornography and about these girls was that um, there wouldn't be this level of judgment and expectation for him to perform and to be a certain way. So it was almost the only way he was comfortable. Just actually. being himself. Yeah. That's incredible to hear. I also found his point really interesting where he went to the psychologist mm. and she kind of said, look, there is a problem here. But is there a correlation with having an addictive personality and becoming addicted to porn because if you don't already have some sort of trait, um, trait mm. you know is it is it as is it as easy I mean that, that that's a question that every addiction therapist yeah. wants to answer okay. is there a certain personality type that's predisposed to addiction a lot of people think that they're you know um, I mean even like I would have spoken to you Shona before about eating disorders mm. and the general thought process would be that yes there's a certain type of personality and when it's paired with mm -hmm. a trauma or a trigger mm. um, that the person turns to something to cope. Yeah. So they might think with a lot of girls, it's and men too, it's if I just change the way I eat, mm. I might feel better. And I think, I mean, masturbation offers an immediate dopamine high. Oh, but also it's it. something that, you know, in, in his case, like that he had complete and utter control over. And as you say, in a world where we are bombarded by images of people that, you know, don't necessarily make us feel good about ourselves, he's able to get that without having to expose himself in that way. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't cost, it didn't cost yeah. him anything. Mm. Um, like, realistically, he was still quite functional. Yeah. Um, it was only when, and he said to me, it was only because he was really in love with his girlfriend oh. and he was really upset about what was happening that he made the brave step of going to the doctor and saying I don't know what's going on here I think I have erectile dysfunction and yeah. then you know and then the doctor said you don't like you're just that that's the danger is that his brain had become so accustomed mm. to something else giving him that you know feeling of desire and getting him to climax mm. um, and like he said he was having sex with a girlfriend and he wanted to fast forward and he couldn't you can't yeah. fast forward through oh. a video 
or, mm. or through sex, like you can with a video. And so That's he mad. would have said to me, I don't think porn has any place in a relationship. But... I found it interesting. No, I yeah. found it interesting when he said, when the psychologist said to him, it was because of all that stop-start motion. Yeah. You've actually trained your brain into stopping and starting mm. in that particular manner mm. that you can't. Well, you can obviously undo it, but he spent so much time doing that that it was impossible to have yeah. a regular sex life. I yeah. found that fascinating because although we know, yes, of course, if you repeat something repeatedly, it becomes a habit. I never would have thought that about sex or porn. I don't think any girl has six hours in a row. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's true. No. But you will, you know, like you will change the pathways in your brain. Yeah. Like you will with any addictive behaviour and, yeah. you know, the, the sex and relationships therapist in it would have said that. She would have said, you are trying to actually seek comfort for something mm. and you're making things worse. Um, but, and the more you do it, the more you need exposure to it to get the same hit. Oh, so, wow. Can I ask a kind of like random question? Because yeah. I just think it's, it's like when it comes to subject matter, how did you find somebody that was willing to talk about that? I. <laughs> oh, God, do you need to leave? No. Um, I know that person, okay. but I don't know him well. And I was incredibly impressed yeah. that he volunteered almost. And I think he volunteered because he felt strongly that mm. it needed to be discussed. Um, it was someone that I had spoken to a long time ago um, had had like an open conversation on like sex and relationships. And I actually asked him if he'd be interested in contributing to the doc in a vox pop kind of way, okay. just saying what his thoughts were. And at that point, he said to me, I actually have personal experience of this yeah. being a negative factor in my life. And I have to say that um, he pulled out of the doc at one point. He said, I can't do this. Um, He said that it in the days after our interview that um, his anxiety had massively returned. He felt terrible. He, um, you know, and I I suppose it was a lesson for me as an interviewer, too, because we had brought up some stuff with him that took him back to such a bad place. And he's really well now and he's really happy, you know, and he's like proof that you can overcome something like that if you're just honest and open and the help is out there. Um, But yeah, it, 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 it's funny though when he listened back to it he was like was that me? I didn't even know that was me. <laughs> he had to be incredibly vulnerable though and I think that's hard for anybody. But yeah. also you know? what you said there is that he's well now and I think you very much got that like he's got mm. he's gotten past this but he, like he doesn't oh, I hope he realises that you know there are people that probably have listened to it and gone Alarm bells. I'm I'm not on my I own. Know. I mean, I keep saying to him, I think he should be so proud yeah. and he still feels a level of self-disgust. Does he? Does yeah. he? Wow. Yeah. You know, oh, even after I think, his journey of learning yeah, I about think if I said, But even if we said at the start of this conversation, how could someone do that for five or six hours? If I go out and say to someone, oh, look, I interviewed this porn addict, they'd be like, ew, like a porn addict? Like they, they kind of associate it with being like this lewd and deviant thing. And really that was a person that got trapped in a bad situation because they were suffering. Yeah. But it was the other stuff at play. You know, it was, it, okay, the porn yeah. was like the kind of... It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, after chatting to him, I kind of realised you were just, like he had moved out of home quite young. Mm. He was living on his own yeah. um, when the problem started. I think it was just, it was a coping Loneliness. mechanism for quite yeah. a big life yeah. change, you know. Well, fair play to him. And if he's listening, hats off to you because I hope that you realise what a good yeah. thing you've done, you know, yeah. by coming out. By being so open. Mm. Now, Michelle, I know you're a woman of the world. That's, <laughs> that's my that's my type for you. A woman of the world. She knows it all. I but, really um, don't. I think I love that people in here keep thinking I'm this kind of sex person. I'm like, 
like I have the most boring sex but life. The, but come here, well, is it a great title though? Because yeah, you know all about it. Yeah, but I was going to say, Luke, you can talk about yeah. it. So yeah. that's yeah. And you know what? There's not that many like famous Irish sexperts. There's hardly any from the southeast. So, like <laughs> you could be the number oh, yeah, one okay. sexpert. Can I just be Carrie Bradshaw rather than? Um, <gasps> yeah. oh. Is that okay? There you go. Okay. Yeah, I can just imagine you on your laptop <laughs> by the window in your apartment. <laughs> I know you've learned an an awful lot doing this documentary and you said there that you had to leave a few parts out. But what was the most shocking thing for you that you got from this? Oh my God. Um, and from the survey, I suppose. And from the survey. Um, with the survey, there was a couple of things that surprised me. Um, one of the questions was I asked the viewers if they or the listeners if they thought that pornography was offensive to women and not a lot of people said that it was something only like 10% but yet the next question asked if pornography was violent towards women and more people agreed that it was and it kind of alarmed me that people don't see this violence towards women as a matter uh, something to take issue with that it's offensive you know Um, I think that that's something that worries me because maybe there isn't enough of an understanding that the way women are represented in mainstream porn. But there isn't, Michelle. There absolutely isn't. Because in your documentary with the hair pulling and the choking, I thought, I remember watching porn and thought that was particularly aggressive. And never once did I actually step back and think, that's not what I should be watching. Mm. You just automatically assume that because yeah. it's there, because it's an option, you're just watching it. And yeah. I'm a woman and I'd be very much for female rights. Yeah. But I never looked at it like that until it's, it was said it's to brought you. to yeah. me. Yeah. But if you saw that in a mainstream movie, would you not think that was... like? I mean, you would just think it was wrong, no? Um, yeah, I mean, it depends. It's, it's all about the context. Yeah. The thing is that in pornography, we're being presented that this woman is receiving pleasure mm-hmm. from that level of aggression. Yeah. But what you don't know is that offset, the actors are discussing, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. That's going to hurt, oh. you know, and, you know, okay, I'm actually going to be screaming out of pain rather than pleasure, yeah. but we'll go with it for, you, you know. see, that's the problem. Yeah, there's no discussion of like, these are actors, they have consented to this outside yeah. of it, you know, and I think that in the doc, um, when Martina, like you said, um, speaks about that, it's really eye-opening because, like, she's again, she's, I love her, she's a woman of the world and, you know, she's my age or young, like a bit younger, but, um, and she talks about when she first saw pornography, she was just horrified and she couldn't, and she felt that she had to imitate that. Yeah, that was kind of sad to, yeah. to hear that, that, yeah. that she felt like there was no other But I option. remember being in my early 20s and a guy trying to do that with me this kind of hair pulling and choking thing and I was like what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And him being like I thought you you liked that. <laughs> and you're like no. <laughs> and like what? What made you thought that it would be nice to pull my hair? No but I had a similar conversation with a guy and it was over the squirting thing. I was actually oh, so we, glad. Can I just say we've made it to 18 minutes and whatever and it has to be mentioned but when I heard that in the doc I thought I've had this conversation before where a man was trying to convinced me that what he had watched in the squirting was how it happens yeah. and I was like no woman I've yeah. I've never experienced that and I don't think any of my friends have and he was convinced this happens it's in the movies yeah. and there's a prime yeah. example of them getting it so wrong yeah. because of what they see in a yeah. porno yeah because like that porn actor says yeah 
you know, they put water up there. Yeah. They, you know, and even like she's laughing at me being like, oh my God, like no one anal squirts. Like, like. <laughs> and then like where she talks about what they use instead of jizz. I'm not going to give it away. No, but you that can was... say it because I told somebody yesterday. <laughs> I was like, wait, I tell you what I found <laughs> Maybe you should listen to the documentary and then (laughs) the listeners. Um, you can say it. You, I can say it. Yeah. yeah, like she talked about how they use Gaviscon yeah. instead of for the for the money shot. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. you'd never mm-hmm. look at it again. The same. No, 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 not for me indigestion anyway. But <laughs> I mean, I've had so many guys where I've had the conversation where you know I might ask about you know we open the conversation about sex and I might yeah. say. Um, you know, how do you feel about what pleases a woman? And they, they'd all say like, oh, I have a 100% track record. And I'd be oh, like, and I'm like, mm. honey, you've been lied to. I'm like, do you realise only about one third of women can climax from penetrative sex? So what whether it's what you're watching or what you've experienced, mm. there are lies, lies, lies being told here, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Caroline West is great in the doc too where she talks about look like most of the porn on those tube sites is made for men and the woman is lucky if she even gets a minute of you know attention and foreplay and I know I wish that it was just like there was a disclaimer even like you know FYI women need 15 times this level of attention (laughs) and foreplay is important yes you know you see you watch it and they're straight in and you're like what that doesn't happen yeah and that's why I think that woman Carla was like those women are screaming in pain those women are not ready to go I can't watch porn ever again Uh, Michelle because now all I can think of they're not happy they're professionals they have like you're using a lot of lubricant like there would be for, for 20 minutes of what you're watching and they could be filming that over 12 hours mm. you know um, so it's like a movie but I think even to say that somebody might possibly be in pain just doing their job you know, know like if you're yeah. an actor on a movie set and you're in Hollywood like there's somebody hired to do stunts and like if you're I'm sure Fifty Shades had every kind of relationship yeah. expert under the sun yeah. guiding them through I even normal know people. normal people they yeah. had a, an yeah. expert because it was so intimate and mm. so it's just it, it just seems very unfair that it's not I don't know, managed better. I but think there it are opens, different. but it opens up the whole conversation. I mean, I didn't go there in the documentary mm. of uh, women in the porn industry. Like, I don't want to go into it too much, but I do think that women working in sex work, from what I've seen from from what interviews, that it's usually a response to abuse or trauma. Yes. There's a disconnect between themselves and their bodies, yeah. and I don't think that they have the same. They are more accustomed to experiencing pain rather than pleasure when it comes to intimacy. And it's very sad. Yeah. You know, and some of them find that by turning to sex work that they are taking ownership of it Mm. and it's there in form of empowerment, which is fine. But for that reason, I would never, ever shame someone Mm. who is a sex worker or of any kind because you don't know what their history is. Yeah. And you don't know if that's maybe their response to a difficult situation. They all, uh, I watched Louis Thoreau's documentary and he did, uh, he was talking to actual porn stars as well. And one of them, he went back years afterwards. This was like in the early noughties when this, yeah, it just wasn't being talked <laughs> yeah, about yeah. and he went back and it was exactly what you were saying but it wasn't just the females the males as well were going yeah. through other issues that obviously they couldn't cope with and they were using it yeah. as a way of as an outlet yeah. and I, I found that fascinating because like you said there you think you know women we're we're tough we're strong we kind of you know we get through it and we can but the men can the men are going through it as well Oh absolutely and I think that you know Theo the gay guy who I spoke to was really one of the lucky ones because yeah. 
Um, I think that what he experienced was quite respectful and, you know, he had been male modelling and this was just something yeah. that kind of came along. And um, I don't think that there was any level of kind of abuse in. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but I definitely got the sense from speaking to women in the industry that um, it might have been something that something had happened to them and that was their way of responding to it. Um, now, there are so many different types of porn movies as well. Because yes. I didn't realise this. So so many different types of categories but there are porn films being made by women for, for women, women. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know I mean I was even saying to Martina like because she's a playwright and director is like go out there girl and make something for women sure why not the problem is they usually you know we really should all be paying for pornography like yeah. and this is the issue and nobody really wants to do it because yeah. you know the stuff that is going to be ethical and female friendly or whatever suited to your tastes is kind of more the stuff that yeah, you need you need to be paying for and like the thing about Pornhub and the other streaming sites is you don't really know for sure if those people consented for that video to be viewed by you, um, and you really don't know if the actors in it are if they're real actors, if they're paid actors, mm-hmm. if they're amateur, you know. So um, it definitely raises a lot of questions. But I didn't want to go there in the documentary. Okay, like I don't want people to be like. Oh, beat is like dissing porn. It's no. fine. You know, I watch porn, you watch porn. Mm-hmm. It is fine to like masturbation is really healthy and fun. Um, but there's definitely things that we are so blind to yeah. that we needed to be more aware of. One of the big topics you touched on in the documentary as well was the fact that so many kids yeah. were watching it. It's in their back pockets. Yeah. And that to me was scary because they're children, they're not developed yet and yet this is what they're going to think it and expect. It must mean because of the whole smartphone era that you know, children are exposed to it at a much earlier yeah, age than yeah. they would have been when we were growing up. Like, yeah. there's no way that there were nine and ten year olds. Like, yeah, I mean, when I was talking to... Richie Sadlier and he was saying you know like he first saw porn like it was like spying on magazines on a top shelf yeah, yeah, yeah. and even the guy with you know the guy who talked about his porn addiction he was so funny he said when he was in secondary school it was like Kulshi coming into the big city and suddenly everything's for sale there's a lad who'll sell you like sweets and there's a lad who'll sell you porn Point. and they'll ask you know like he, I think he had this guy come up to him and be like what are your tags and he was like what it's like what are you into you know and he was like I don't know like you know and they were like alright okay and like a week later you'd have your custom video no. that he would have like yeah he would have videotaped something off an older Stop. brother and yeah and this is like he was in second year in secondary school oh you know oh my gosh your custom yeah. interests I know yeah. to you. <laughs> I was like whatever teenager was running that has to be a big entrepreneur now <laughs> I have to say the bit that made me spit out my tea was the octopus porn because I never knew there was such a thing oh yeah oh, ten- tentacles tentacle sorry tentacles yeah. <laughs> I actually did octopus. yeah Japanese Japanese people are very <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've, I've come across the category before. Yeah. Mm, Shona. Shona is in shock And here. then the Germany thing about the, the fecal matter. No. And we're going to move on to the next <laughs> question, Michelle. That was a, a step too far. Um, uh, but what was, what was I going to say there? I'm literally tongue-tied. Okay, uh, this is like leads me on quite nicely. So what kind of reaction have you had since it aired? What's the feedback been like? How have you felt about it? Um... So I actually haven't had a giant reaction, which first, a second was like an anticlimax and was a little, I was a little worried that, um, you know, maybe it wasn't good or <laughs> people didn't enjoy it. But I do think that it's a sign that it's still something that people aren't comfortable talking about, mm. you know. Now, I did have a girl um, slide into my DMs oh. and um, 
it was wonderful to hear from her and she said that it had been something that had affected her. She didn't say how, she just said it had affected her life and she said that to find it discussed here rather than having to look towards America and American sites mm. for guidance okay. was wonderful. Um, and so that means a lot yeah. and that even shows to me, okay, if, if it meant something to one person, it possibly did to someone To many, else. Yeah. yes. You know, um, the guy in the doc who spoke about how it affected his relationship, mm. he wasn't the porn addict. He actually, he approached me because I had a post on my Instagram kind of looking for people to discuss the topic. And he was actually trying to Google what had happened and he couldn't find answers. No. And that was what led him to me. And I, I felt you were the reason I'm making this yeah. because okay. it was quite sad that he... Had nowhere to had go. Had nowhere to go and had no one to talk to about it, you know. And it's almost the kind of thing that he was probably so afraid when he did go to that therapist mm. and that first session, like how many sessions did it take before he was able to actually say, the, you know, talk about the real problem. Mm. Yeah, I mean, now this is the guy, um, he didn't see a therapist. He had just, oh, this the, the other, second guy. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah Kevin. Um I mean, he like that would have admitted there were other reasons why his relationship yeah. broke up. But he had this immense guilt about, you know, was the fact that I watched pornography yeah. a problem, you know, and it was really, really sad, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and great then to be able to have that discussion with him. Um, so, yeah, I just really hope that it generates conversations in a positive way, mm. not in a judgmental way. You know, I don't want it to cause arguments of like, do you watch porn? Because according to this uh, thing on Beat, uh, everyone's watching porn. And <laughs> <laughs> No, but I don't understand why. Where does the line get crossed? Why are we so scared to talk about it? Because until this, maybe it's because I have such an open relationship with my friends and family yeah. that I, I, I'm, I'm in my own little bubble here, obviously. No. So I was like, people are talking know, about it, was, it. It was wonderful for you to say to me, but... What? Like, sure. <laughs> doesn't everyone watch porn? Like, he really watches porn. So. Like, whereas, but some girls, like, I'll say, you know, blah, 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 porn. Be like, oh, my boyfriend doesn't watch that. Oh. Like, Why do you think the Irish is so... Uh, but I was just going to say, it's it comes back, I said this last week before it aired, it's Irish guilt. It we is. just have <sighs> this, we can't, like, no matter how much we try and shake it, we can move abroad, we can, <laughs> yeah. we can do lots with our lives, but there is still that little voice. I think that, like, and Richie touches off this in the documentary, it's very true, is that there are many reasons why the Irish might not be comfortable with talking mm. about sex. And it might not be to do with trauma or abuse. It might just be that it, it wasn't discussed growing yeah. up and so it's hard to talk about now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very fair. What he says is just because you're comfortable to talk about it, it doesn't mean that you can absolve yourself of responsibility if Absolutely. you have a teenager or a child that is going to be affected by this. Mm -hmm. So you can't really just kind of sit back and say, I think I'm going to let someone else deal with that. Or pretend that it's not there. Yes. But I think, like, a, and I know what incredible work Rishi does, so it comes down to education in schools. And, that, uh, yeah. you know, I think it, it's, obviously it's a parent's responsibility as well, but there has to be a level of both, you yeah. know? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Now, Michelle, what would you like to see happen around this topic? Because I know for you, you've learned an awful lot, but what would you like to see maybe with um, the public? I would I would literally just like to see people have conversations, non-judgmental mm. conversations. So, you know, if your partner says to you, well, yeah, I do watch it from time to time. Not this kind of like, oh, my God, how could you find pleasure in something other than me? But an openness of like, oh, OK, um, what do you like? Mm -hmm. Is there something that we can use from that to our advantage? Is there a particular thing that you would like to try out? Maybe we can watch it together. Mm. Um, and also, 
you know, respect that each person has their own relationship with their sexuality. So if someone says, no, I'd rather, if your girlfriend says, no, I'd rather not watch it, like, mm. okay, um, do you mind if, like, I might look at it from time to time? And, you know, that's perfectly normal. Mm. Um, I think that everything, the problems only arise from silence yeah. and from secrecy and from stigma, yeah. you know? And, like, the therapist in it, Joe Ryder, says, and it's a great line, that if there is no distress there is no dysfunction. So if your relationship is healthy, you don't need to worry about whether he watches porn, you know, once a week or once a month yeah. or, yeah. you know, she looks, she likes to look at lesbian porn. That's fine. You know, like you both have an intimate relationship mm-hmm. and they equally have their own independent relationships with their sexuality. Um, but if it's something that, if there's something bothering you or if there's something that even you'd like to just touch on the subject, be open and be non-judgmental mm. and try not to jump down someone's throat and take it as an offence towards you. Um, because I just think at the end of the day, pornography is here to stay and we could just all avoid so much pain if we were very, very open about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the big one for me, and I just will put my tidbit in there because when I was younger, it was very difficult for my family to discuss sex. It just wasn't a thing. And I would like for parents to realise that even if you think your child is not doing it or not watching it or, you know, mm. they're completely innocent to it and completely naive, I still think it's worth mentioning. You be the first one to bring that conversation to them and don't let them learn it from the outside. So yeah. they feel they can come and talk to yeah. you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't saw, wait. I saw a woman post about how um, <laughs> um, her daughter, um, I think, wanted to look up Titanic and wanted to see like oh, no. the the sex scene or something or it was like she was oh, trying to learn about the sex or oh, in the back of the in the back yeah. of the, oh, the, in the back of the and the hand and mm. she googled Titanic sex oh no and something very different oh, came up no. but she was able to go mommy what's this uh, yeah. and her mom was able to say okay well this is actually actors um, <laughs> you know so oh bless yeah so you just don't know yeah. like that for, for all they might mean really well yeah. um, but it's gonna crop up so talk just be, about it yeah ready to have that chat can I also say um, on that note that is like a fantastic episode of Girl Talk right there I'm, I'm delighted with that <laughs> but can I also lead people in the direction of pornography and you it is on our website beat102103.com and there you will find all of the helplines as well and that's really important and that was you know in in making it that was an integral part exactly yeah Um, there's definitely people that you can talk to about it um, if you don't feel that there is someone in your friends or your close circle that definitely support is there Michelle Heffernan thank you so much my dear Uh, take care and enjoy go out and enjoy (laughs) (laughs) have a good one Bye. bye Girl Talk a podcast Podcast from Beats.